Hello and welcome back to Disc Disciples Podcasts. We're your hosts, James Sterner. And Carter Trump. And we thank you for coming back for this episode. We are so excited. We are going to talk about probably what you want to know, perhaps the most out of anything, how to improve. Um, how to improve your distance, your, your form, um, your putting, everything. Um, we're going to do a, a long breakdown of the different kinds of form, um, the basics of form, the different types of um, shots that you can throw and how to do so in this episode. Let's jump right in. The most crucial shot, I think, maybe not most crucial, but definitely the most common shot in all of disc golf at this point is the backhand. Um, this is most people's bread and butter. Um, once, once you are especially have played a, a little bit longer, um, a lot of people definitely start out forehand only um, and love the forehand, the flick, the sidearm, whatever you want to call it. Um, but... The backhand is super versatile weapon. Um, almost without fail, people throw farther backhands than they do forehands um, once they learn both. So it's really, really helpful. Um, also being able to, to throw things with the backhand just allows different angles that will be really helpful to you in your disc golf journey. Um, so let's, let's do some breakdown of form. And there's, just as a side note, um, there are several really, really quality um, form breakdown videos that you can watch. Um, I highly recommend going on YouTube and watching Simon Lizotte's, um, L-I-Z-O-T-T-E. Um, he is the farthest throwing professional out there right now. Um, maybe maybe right now. At least in the past he has been. He has set the di- all-time distance record. Um, and Several times. Yeah, and this yeah. other guy went back and forth. Yeah, for a while, absolutely. Um, and he can throw flat without wind, seven hundred plus feet, which is just insane. It's, <laughs> it's so annoying. It's so good and so annoying. So definitely watch him. Um, he's got technique and form nailed down to a pin. Um, but let's talk about the basics. There's there's a lot of ways to throw a backhand, and you'll see if you're watching pros or watching other people throw, you'll see a lot of different variations. Um, and there's no exact perfect right way to throw a backhand. Um, if it's comfortable and it works for you and it's consistent, let yourself do it. But definitely, I say when you are starting out, you want to sacrifice the consistency you want to sacrifice the the rounds that you're playing to learn how to throw properly um and there are definitely a lot of specific things that you should do with your body with your um positioning stuff like that to make sure you're throwing correctly as possible um so i just want to go from basically the the feet up um we'll start with uh how to how to put your feet down in the right way um so the typical way that you approach a tee pad and approach a shot is with what we call an X step, which is when if you're a right-handed backhand player, you take your your front or right foot um, and you you step forward, kind of shuffling to the side. You take your left foot and you step behind your right foot, and then your your right foot goes out on a third step towards and the front plants, and you throw from there. Um, how you place your feet in that X step is super critical. Um, couple things that you really want to make sure that you do is first you want your 
feet to be at least 90 degrees from the direction you're throwing. Um, when you are pointing your feet at the direction you're throwing, that takes your hips pretty much out of the whole system that you throw with. Um, your hips provide so much power, so much um, consistency. So where you place your feet really matters for that. Um, and not just the direction that your feet are pointing, but also where they are in relation to each other. When you're throwing a backhand, you never want your front foot to be parallel or, or behind your back foot. Um, so if you're, even if you're throwing straight off a tee pad and you're positioned 90 degrees facing the side of the tee pad, you want your front and right foot to be closer to the left side of the tee pad than the right side of the tee pad. Um, this is going to be super critical. It's going to basically turn your body more towards the back side of the tee pad and directly away from where you're throwing. And it's going to allow you to open up your body and use it as a, uh, a twisting motion um, that winds up and acts like a rubber band and throws, slings the disc um, really, really well and, a, and much better than if you were just facing straight at the target and throwing it like a Frisbee with a curled arm or something like that. Um, so those are the two main things you want to focus on with your feet. Um, you want to time your throw so that when your front foot plants down is when you start moving forward and you want to shift your weight from your back foot to your front foot in, in the middle of your throw and throw off of your front foot. And the, the timing is, is all going to depend on you. Like, nobody is going to tell you, like, this is the time you, you have yeah, to have. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be, how does it feel for you when you're throwing the disc? Like, how fast are you moving? Um, like, how far are you stepping? Like, that all determines, like, the timing. And like, as you play more and more, you'll start to just, like, feel the timing better. Yeah. Um, and, like, build that muscle memory. Absolutely. Um, and something you'll hear really commonly as you uh, watch tutorial videos or, or you hear other people giving you advice is slow is s slow, slow is smooth, smooth and smooth is far. And smooth is far. Um, <laughs> so your, your initial inclination is probably going to be, I need to do this fast so I can get my arm speed up so I can throw farther. Um, and that's not always the case. You really want to slow yourself down um, and don't don't run through your your motion. Don't you know speed through it. Really focus on being intentional about how you line your body up, being smooth and making it one fluid motion as opposed to just ripping it as fast and as hard as you possibly can. I think of it more like uh, like you're you're building momentum yep. as you throw. So you're starting off slower. And then as you move into, like, the actual throw itself, which is a lot faster than you're moving, yeah, uh, like, you're, you're building up that power. You are, like, going from, like, a walk to a jog to a run to a sprint. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You want, you want to be getting faster so that the, the very fastest point that you're, you're going from is right before you let go of the disc. That's going to allow you to transfer as much of that energy and momentum from your body into the disc and out and make it far. Um, and make it precise as well. Yeah, that's a great, that's a great point. Um, so up from your feet, um, you want your, your hips to be involved a lot. Um, when 
you're standing up if you just reach back and you don't move any of your torso or your 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 hips or anything um the only part of your whole body that's really going into that shot is going to be your arm um so you really want to practice intentionally twisting and and really using the strength of your hips to lead your your body and your arm so that your whole body is kind of directed by your hips hips is honestly one of the the more critical parts of throwing far than um a lot of other parts of your body even necessarily sometimes your arm absolutely it can be the key for you um i know that there was definitely a time that i started thinking maybe i should try and like intentionally like make my hips go fast (laughs) and like intentional and i was like whoa I just threw farther than I've ever had before, and it's because I actually engaged my hips. Um, and there's also like some really cool um, training exercises you can do that are not even on the field; they're at home and stuff that you can look up on YouTube to help you kind of get that feel of what does it feel like to actually engage my hips in a throw. And actually, like doing that is a lot easier said than done. Yeah, um, like that's something that I'm still working on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's very, very important because that's where a lot of the torque comes from yeah. um, when you actually go through. Like, you're engaging your hips, you're engaging your core, and you're engaging, like, every single part of your arm. Um, but it all starts with your base. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you'll even see some some guys that, um, like Emerson Keith or Calvin Heinberg or some, some guys that you may not have heard of before or maybe you have, um, but they're pros that throw 500 plus feet and they don't even necessarily reach their arm back all the way. And that's typically one of the things that I'll talk about in a second is actually really most of the time really important. But they have so defined their their hip motion that they can just tighten up their core, really precisely use their hips and their, their abs to, to create an explosion in the middle of their swing that just is an absolute cannon. Um, it's really fun to watch. Uh, you guys can look up those two players. Um, but yeah, hips are super important. Um, the The next thing I want to talk about is your reach back. So I just mentioned it, but it's super, super important. Um, a lot of people, when they start out, they just you know kind of throw like Frisbees. They kind of just hold their arm right in front of their torso before they throw, um, stuff like that. But a disc golf throw is less like a frisbee throw, and if you've ever like done something like started a chainsaw or a lawnmower, like a pull cord on a lawnmower or something like that, that's honestly the closest motion that you can think of to a backhand throw. Like I, I don't think I've ever thought of another motion that's more similar to a backhand. Yeah, throw. there, there is no other motion. I mean, I guess like backhanding someone. Yeah, like, <laughs> like maybe if you're, yeah, really trying to like, like reach pop someone with a backhand. <laughs> um, there's, I, yeah. yeah, there's really, there's really nothing better than pulling a like pulling a rip cord, pulling a yeah lawnmower. Absolutely. Um, so you really want to think about. If you're trying to start a lawnmower that's really hard to start, <laughs> you're going to set your feet, you're going to reach down your whole body, grab that ripcord, and and yank it across your body, but kind of like just under your chest, under your pectorals, and, and use your whole body. 
Um, it's actually a really good training exercise. If you have something like that, you can practice with. It's like it's do it. on a wall. Absolutely. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's the closest motion, but it requires you reaching back behind you. Um, it's one of the most intuitive, unintuitive things that I've found in sports is you have to take your eye off the ball in a sense because you can't, if you want to have good backhand form, you cannot be looking at where you're throwing or your target the entire time. You have to let your head drift back um, and let your chin drift back so that your whole chest can rotate towards the, the back of the T-pad or, or right behind where your lie is in order for your arm to reach back, not like excessively far to where you're just like crumpled over trying to reach back as far as you can, but at least all the way back so you have a straight arm straight behind you and then you can pull through from there. Yeah, um, and you can engage all of those muscles we've yeah. been talking about before. Because if you don't, like, say you're trying to keep looking, um, like, you won't get your body turned back as much. That way you won't get as much, uh, like, with your hips and with your core as you would if you turn back all the way and stop looking. Um, and that's where, uh, that's something that I did initially was I was having trouble, like, looking at where I was throwing. And that was mm -hmm. really taking away from the power that I could generate. Yeah. Um, yeah. You really want to think about it like there's a straight line that the disc is is going on. Um, some Sometimes you'll be able to see it when people have really good form. It almost looks like until the disc starts moving forward from, the, from behind, it almost looks like their disc doesn't even move, like in the air, and the people are just kind of moving around the disc. Um, and it's because they're reaching it really far back, but it's starting like kind of in front of them. So it's almost like their whole body is just rotating around it and then is able to, to pull it through on a straight line. Um, you don't want it to be – sometimes I've seen people that kind of, kind of reach and, and throw really high on their shoulders, like almost under their chin. You don't want that. Um, that's going to create some um, weird angles to try and throw from. <laughs> My partner um, at – nationals last year we were going over videos of our throwing and well and he was like shoot i'm like slitting my own throat with the disc <laughs> and he he fixed that and he started throwing farther and um it was really cool um so you don't want to do that you also don't want it to be like like you're you're pulling the disc in front of your crotch like that's not gonna help anyone um, you want it to be really in that kind of mid top of your abs right under your your pectorals section solar plexus your solar plexus yeah 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 absolutely um you want to pull through there um you want to keep it on the same same height pretty much the whole time even when you reach back to to when you let go um you really want it to be you know you don't want to reach down super far towards your feet and then pull up and through you don't want to reach like super high back behind you and then rip it down that's going to create um typically what we call an air bounce or or like a nose up angle where it's just going to go straight up or straight down um or just fade out really too too early um so that's super important um yeah those are those are the main main levers that you want to do um there's there's a part of the throw that we call the power pocket which is really what you want to hone in on when you're trying to improve your distance which is really with it's in the middle of your of your throw so you reach back and you start pulling through and when you really start to get power and get get good form is when you learn this power pocket and basically 
structure of it is your elbows at a 90 degree angle, your wrist is pointed all the way down, um, kind of like you're pouring a kettle, um, and it's right where I was saying on that solar plexus line, and your left arm, if you're a right-hand backhand player, is down at your side. Um, it's not trailing behind you, it's not like in front of you, or it's not on top of the disc, it's not holding onto the disc. It's down, tucked in close to your body, so you're not having it in the way, or uh, creating drag or, or bad aerodynamic dynamics <laughs> or anything like that. Um, that's going to be really good. There's a million videos and, and pictures of the Power Pocket if you're trying Innova to figure out Innova has a is. really good one um, where uh, it's one of the founders of Innova. He's talking about like like the levers on your arm. Um, and like the levers on your arm, like that's the last, like the arm is the last stage, but the arm yeah. builds just like the rest of the form. Um, it starts with your shoulder, then your elbow, then like your wrist, and all three of those levers give you that like power pocket and give you that snap. Yeah. So it's building from like feet to hips to core. Yeah. To shoulder, elbow, wrist. Um, so that's like the kind of the progression. Yeah, and it's especially fine tuning the the fluidity and sequencing of those motions. Um, they're not necessarily all happening directly at the same time. There's kind of like a a ripple effect that happens when you're taking that X step and you're leaning back on your back foot. As soon as your your toe, your front toe touches down for your last step is when your should be at the very back point of your reach point. And that toe touch should signal your whole body to really start taking that weight shift and shifting it forward, making those hips spin, making that arm come through to the power pocket and launching out so that you end up kind of with your left arm swinging up and through in front of you and your right arm coming all the way down behind you. Um, something I'll say that definitely I had to really think through and figure out was you don't want to think about it like you're letting go of the disc or you don't want it to be trying to let go of the disc at a certain time. If you get a backhand form right and you do all of those steps right, the disc will naturally come out of your hand on the straight line that you're putting it on. So that's typically where you get all confused if you're trying to throw a specific spot or a specific place or a specific shot when you're trying to let go at a certain time. Um, it's, it's also an indicator that you're probably running into another common problem, which is called rounding. Um, you want to pull straight through on a straight line. So if you're kind of reaching super far back and behind you to the left and you're coming out in a big arc around your front and then letting go kind of in front of you, you're going to be making like a semicircle and that's going to be incredibly difficult to be consistent, to let go, because at that point you have to let go at a specific time if you want it to go a specific place. Whereas if you pull on a straight line, as long as you line that line up correctly, you're going to go where you're trying to throw it. Um, so don't don't round, um, don't aim super high or super low with uh, your your reach back or anything like that. Um, another really important part of the backhand is the grip. There are a lot of different ways to grip a disc, um, and it's going to be one of the things you kind of have to just toughen out and and, and learn um, because it it feel it feels weird. Like now it feels yeah. normal to me, yeah. but starting out. It felt really weird. So weird. Because you don't grab anything else that way. <laughs> right, yeah. 
So there's a couple of different grips that people use. Um, it's probably, if you're a newer player, you probably don't use the most common one, which is called a power grip. A power grip is basically um, akin to, I don't know, I've said, you know, like, like holding a steering wheel almost or um, like holding a, a TV remote or, or something like that. It's going to be where your, your bottom fingers, your four main fingers are tucked all the way under the rim of the disc. They're tucked in and curled in around, and so you're grabbing really just the rim of whatever disc you're throwing. They're not uh, straight out fingers to where they're kind of like flat on the in the under middle side of the disc, um, and you are gonna have all four under, whereas you, sometimes you might grab it and you might put your like first or pointer finger on the rim or on the top or, or something like that you really want to curl all of them so you're grabbing almost like a tight fist on it. Um, it's kind of like putting your fingertips like in the like the middle of the corner uh, yeah. where like the, the rim meets the flight plate. Yeah, yeah, on the underside of the disc. Um, so that's called a power grip. Um, definitely if you're confused, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to visualize with audio, so maybe definitely go look it up on YouTube, power grip YouTube. There's going to be people who can really show you what it looks like there are there are tons and tons of videos yeah absolutely um so definitely i would say at least try give the power grip a a, a college try or maybe more than a college and there, try. and there are even different um variations yeah variations of the power grip so say like a, a four finger power grip doesn't really work that well for you there's also a three finger variation yeah uh, where you just take your pinky out of it yep um yeah, like me messing around with different kinds of uh, like grips. Yep. You definitely um, – something that helped me was if you put the disc um, in between your pointer finger and your middle finger and you roll it down to be kind of where, where that meat in between those two fingers is and the middle of your palm – and then you just wrap your fingers around from there. Um, it really helps to, to line it up. Um, and you kind of want the meaty part of your palm that's just underneath your pointer finger on the top of the disc. Um, it's just going to help you to keep it down. Um, a, a really important part of any way that you grip a disc is making sure that you can really um, keep your wrist all the way down. Um, kind of like I said earlier, like you're pouring a kettle or, or something like that. You don't want your wrist to be um, up or even kind of neutral. You want it to be really far down um, because when wind or, or air gets under a disc, it pushes it up um, and it pushes it to the left typically, especially if it's an overstable disc. So you want to be able to fight that by really throwing on a nose down angle flat. Not that you're throwing down or your 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 whole throw is oriented on a downward angle, but just the disc is. Um, that's going to help you to throw farther and, and straighter and, and stuff like that. Um, another grip that a lot of people like to use is called a fan grip or maybe a modified power grip, modified fan grip, kind of the same thing. Um, and that's basically where your, your pointer finger is wrapped around um, the, the rim of the disc, but then your other three fingers or maybe just two fingers are kind of more flat but, but tucked in um, and gripping the disc. And maybe that's comfortable for you. Some of the farthest throwers in the world use that power, that grip. Some of them use power grip. And that's another one you can look up. Um, 
If that feels way better to you and helps you be more consistent, do that. The only things that I really wouldn't recommend is doing things like putting your pointer finger on the side of the disc or the top of the disc, like I've seen some people do, um, or putting or just not wrapping any of your fingers um, under the rim. You really want to be able to have a tight grip that the disc isn't going to wobble out of or, or be loose in because you're trying to put as much of your momentum from your body and your 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 throw into that disc to keep it going forward. And when it's loose or wobbly, it's not going to allow that process to happen fluidly. Um, so definitely, definitely make sure your grip is is solid and and comfortable for you I, like i like we did say though you know a power grip is going to feel really weird at the beginning yeah so just push through play a couple rounds with it start to you know just feel feel, feel it out kind of make sure it feels comfortable and it's not like hurting you yeah, you don't um, want you don't want a death grip it and you don't want to like have a too loose of a grip there's yeah, like a, a firm hard not or i guess firm not hard um, yeah but that'll get you like the most like snap from your throw. That'll yeah. get you the most like rotation on your disc and be and allow you to be able to throw higher speed discs the more like rotation you can get on it. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So yeah, we can move on to the next one. The next big one is forehanding. Um, forehanding is is you the know bane this, of my existence yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's super super helpful um in a lot of ways a lot of people like to start out forehanding only um just because it's a little bit more natural the the motion of the swing is very similar to other sport motions that you can find out there with a like a baseball or um like even like a uh, forehand in a tennis game or even just like your right hand on a bat is almost even similar um, so a couple things with that, you really want to make sure, um, your, you can do an X step if you want, you can do like a, like a hopping, uh, right, left, right motion, a little um, shuffle. Yeah. A little shuffle. You can um, just step. You can just, yeah, do a step. You can even stand still. Um, sometimes, um, you're probably not going to get quite as much power if you just stand still, but it might be more accurate. Yeah, the, the footwork for uh, forehand is very much like what works, what feels comfortable to you. There's really um, mm -hmm. no like set way that everyone does it uh, like there is backhand. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a, a, a lot more variation throughout the entirety of uh, the forehand form. Yeah. Um, which is part of what makes it so difficult for <laughs> a left-handed person to do with their right hand. <laughs> Um, there's, there's a little bit less to think about, um, because it's more of a natural motion, a little bit, um, a little bit simpler of a motion, um, than a, than a backhand, but there are a couple things to think about. And there's one is first, you really want to make sure that you're on a flat plane. You want the disc to be flat. You want your arm probably at about a 90 degree angle. Um, you want your elbow to stay really close to your hip throughout the whole motion. You don't want it to be like way out in front of you or like, like, absolutely scraping against your side but you want it to be still close and tucked in your elbow is going to lead the motion of a forehand um so your elbow leads it your your hand kind of drags behind but still on that flat plane and you you bring it forward and you 
really want to lean over it. You want to lean your weight forward. One of the biggest things that I see people do wrong when they're throwing forehands at the beginning is just kind of leaning their weight all the way back throughout the whole throw. And almost always when you do that, you're going to throw it straight up in the air. Um, it's going to be so hard to... Even if you get it down and flat, if your weight is behind you and you're just kind of flicking it with your arm, you're not going to get much distance. But if you really take that weight and you start on your back foot and you bring it through forward and you you end up with all of that weight over your front foot and leaned down forward a little bit, you're going to be able to throw way farther than if you're just kind of letting your arm swing forward as fast as you can with all your weight backwards. Um, it's really hard because it's because it is such a natural motion for a lot of other sports and you don't have to do that that forward lean with a lot of other motions, um, you're not going to want to. But I, I promise you, if you really lean over your toes the whole time and lean over your throw the whole time, you're going to be able to throw farther. Um, there are a couple different grips with a forehand. Um, there's three main ones that you see, and it's a, a stacked grip, a fan grip, or a, a forehand power grip. Um, None of those three are really considered ideal or standard. Um, there are people that throw all of them really well. Um, I like to use a stacked grip. Um, a stacked grip is basically just like if you take two fingers, kind of like you're, you're a making finger. a gun. Yeah, a finger gun, but like with two fingers. Um, and you just place those two fingers on the inside rim of the disc. Um, and then you put your thumb kind of right over those fingertips. And you really tuck the disc into the meat between your pointer finger and your thumb. Um, just like a backhand grip, you really want it to be snug and tight. You don't want it to be like your fingers and knuckles are white with pain, um, but you definitely don't want it to be wobbling. You don't want it to be loose. Um, you really want it to be to be smooth and, and tucked in. Um, once you start getting a little bit more comfortable with the forehand throw and you're trying to look for more power, um, the best thing to do, you don't want to just like, you know, create a crazy run up or anything like that because it really is about speed but you can start to let that that backwards motion that reach back for your forehand get a little bit higher um, or or a little bit more more up in the air this is different than a backhand like you don't want to reach up in a backhand you want it to be on a smooth plane but with a forehand because you're kind of facing forward most of the time you can kind of allow your arm to go up almost kind of where like you would be for right before a foot, football throw. But then instead of coming up and over your shoulder, you're coming down and through your hips. Um, Eagle McMahon is probably one of the best three forehand players in the game right now. Um, and he has a really, really good forehand breakdown video that you can go look up on YouTube. Um, he really makes it clear. He does it really well. Um, the second grip that most people use is the forehand power grip, and that's basically when your, your middle finger is stretched out, kind of like it would be for a stacked grip, but your pointer finger is kind of pressed down, um, kind of before that on the rim of the disc, kind of where the middle uh, joint of your, of your middle finger is. Um, it's kind of hard to visualize, so again, like I said, you can go look it up, um, but if that's comfortable for you, absolutely do that. It's a great grip. Um, and the last one is what most people would throw like like a Frisbee with, um, and that's a, that's a fan grip where 
your middle finger is like where it is for the other two, but your pointer finger is out straight towards the middle of the disc. Um, I will say I feel personally like I can't get quite as much power with that that uh, separation in between my two fingers, but that's how I threw for the first while that I played, um, and I had a great forehand when I started playing. Um, I did not have a good backhand. Um, so definitely you can. I've seen people throw 450 with a fan grip, so it's not like it's a... A total limiter, but yeah, no, no grip is better than another. It it, it all yeah. depends, like everything in this sport. Like what works yeah. for you? What are you comfortable with? What can you be the most consistent with? Yeah. If somebody grabbed a disc with one finger and threw it six hundred feet, I wouldn't <laughs> like, say that anything is that about is a viable throwing. Yeah, point. like yeah, yeah. If like, you're, yeah. teach me how. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'd be like, please teach me how to do that. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that, those are the three basic things um, for forehand. Forehand is really helpful, especially because you, as opposed to a backhand, you don't have to take your eye off of where you're throwing. You can really line your body up kind of more straight towards it and orient your whole self towards never leaving that focus of a gap you're trying to hit or an angle you're trying to hit or something. You can focus on it the whole time, which is really, really helpful, especially if you're like in the woods. Um, really helpful to throw forehands um, and be able to throw forehands. Um, try not to round when you're trying when you're throwing a forehand. It's a little bit easier because um, you can reach out and bring it kind of around to your front. That's a really easy thing to do. Another thing that people do and struggle with is turning their wrist over. So when they're really trying to put a lot of speed or power into a forehand shot, um, they typically, uh, when they're starting out, will bring their their palm straight up and then right before they throw they rotate their whole wrist over and that really forces the disc onto an Anheuser turnover angle and just kind of like cuts it into the ground um, or turns it way left in the air. You really want to avoid that. You want your palm to be up and facing the sky the entire time um, especially when you release. Um, if it's not at all. You're never going to throw flat, and you're never going to throw far. Um, and you can you can change that a little bit. I would say when you're trying to tr throw a different angle with a forehand, like if you're trying to throw an, an Anheuser or a Heiser, don't change your wrist angle. Change your like how you're putting your weight, whether you're kind of on the, your heels or on your toes, um, and kind of try and move your whole torso and arm bent or not bent in a different way um, as one. You never want to change your relationship of your arm, your wrist, and your torso. Whether you're in a backhand or a forehand, you really want it, that to be consistent and just bend at the hips to change the angle. That's that's most of uh, backhand and forehand. That's a, that's a pretty solid breakdown um, of those two things. Um, we can go into a little bit about putting. Yeah, so... Um... With putting, there are like two, I guess, main breakdowns of like what you do. There's like your stance, and then there's like how you actually putt. Mm -hmm. um, so there, there are two main kinds of stances. Um, you'll see the first one more often, uh, which is the the staggered stance. Um, this is the most common putting stance. Um, simply, it's just uh, you have your feet staggered. Uh, your front foot uh, is the foot that you are putting with so if you putt right-handed your right foot forward left-handed left foot forward um so 
Um, pretty much, that's that's it for that form. Um, and then the other form or the other uh, stance, sorry, is uh, the straddle stance. Um, so that's pretty much like spreading your legs, uh, making sure they're they're even. Um, the utility for everyone should learn how to straddle putt. Yeah. Um, like most people, they have the the staggered stance, but you need to be able to straddle putt because sometimes your disc will end up right behind a tree. Yep. And you'll need to like stretch out to the side. Um, so the straddle putt is very useful, uh, especially if you play on a lot of uh, wooded courses. Um, Honestly, was, if I could go back a couple years to when before I had really started practicing in my putting, I might change. And because I'm a straddle or I'm a, a stagger stance put putter, and and most people are, but if you're good at stra- at straddle stance, oh my gosh, you have such an advantage in, in a lot of ways because, like you said, like you have so many more options as to like the angle that you have, especially if you're in the woods of stretching out and it being yeah. comfortable. I straddle putts are the death of me. I hate straddle putts so much. I I don't I don't mind them that much. Except for when I'm <laughs> behind a tree, yeah. having to stretch out. Um, but yeah, those are the those are the two uh, basic forms um, or stances. Uh, with both of them, you want your like your body to be facing the basket. Um, you're never going to like turn your shoulder. Like you always want to be straight ahead um, towards the basket. Uh, now we're gonna get into like I guess the the different putting styles. Um, so there there are two main ones, and then. Um, there's a couple others that aren't as widely used but can have um maybe i guess utility putts yep um so first of all there's uh the spin putt um the spin putt is basically just trying to putt directly at the basket like straight line from your hand laser beam to the basket um a lot a lot of people putt this way mm-hmm. um it's it's very good in the wind yep um the downside of it is if you miss, you're probably going to miss a lot farther. Yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, accuracy is very important when you're um, when you're spin putting. Um, and then the the next, um, I guess, most common uh, style of putting is uh, the the push putt. Um, this is more of like a toss or a lob, um, almost like a cornhole throw. Yeah, pretty much. Um, where you're you're arcing the disc, trying to like get it to sit in the basket, um, and the reverse is true for the the push putt. Uh, it doesn't do too well in the wind. Um, yep. So I mean, you can you can learn how to do both, and like if it's super windy, uh, you spin putt. If it's not windy, you push putt. Yeah. Um, but both are both of those are very very uh, widely used. Um, some, and then there's, then there's a hybrid of people kind of like mix, um, both the forms or take different parts from, um, from the spin putt and the push putt. And, uh, then you get a, a spush. Yeah. A spush putt. Absolutely. Or a hybrid. Um, if you're really trying to like, as you're, as you're a newer player and you're really trying to make sure that you get like good scores when you're playing with friends and stuff, I would suggest starting with a push putt because, like the opposite is true of a push putt with a spin putt. It's like if you miss a push putt, you're most likely going to be within ten feet of the basket. 
Yeah. And so that's a, that's a definitely a good thing to do. Because a lot a lot of times when a when a push putt like if it misses the basket when it lands it just sits. Yeah. Um. That yeah. That's not always true for a spin putt. Yeah. Um, and some some ways about looking at like the actual form of the spin putt and the push putt. Uh, like a spin putt. One of the I think one of the best ways that I've heard like how to like visualize when you spin putt is imagine like a board coming like straight out from your stomach yep. and keeping that disc like on that board the entire way. Mm-hmm. So you're getting that like straight line. Um, and then the push putt going from like kind of low to like high. Um, and then the, the follow through for both is very important as well. Yeah. Um, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, and like the names push putt and spin putt are really adeptly named because with a push putt you really don't need to spin the disc you don't need to like flick your wrist as hard um, or or make the disc rotate in the air as many times because you're giving it that height and the height is allowing you to throw the right distance um, so on a on a push putt if you're farther away you're probably going to be throwing a lot higher and letting it come down whereas a spin putt doesn't matter how far away you are you could be 10 feet you could be 40 feet because you're you're really spinning your 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 disc and flicking it really hard it's going to want to stay in the air longer uh because it's not essentially like running out of steam anytime soon um, yeah and it's just going to go straight at the at chains if you're if you're doing it right and then with uh with the push putt and the spin putt you can do uh like hyzer or anhyzer angles or just go yep. flat um, and that's all depending on like the situation. So, however you feel the shot needs to be set up, um, you can utilize like hyzer and anhyzer angles in your putts. Um, yep. uh, but some some other kinds of putts uh, we we've covered the jump putt mm-hmm. um, a little bit. But some ones that we haven't covered are uh, like turbo putt, <laughs> and uh, we we covered the scuba putt a little bit. Uh, the the turbo putt is uh, is interesting to say the least. Yeah. Uh, it's hard to describe. Yeah. <laughs> um, Some but people. I'll do my best. <laughs> are just like naturally amazing at, at turbo putting. Uh, it's not something that if you're new, I would say. Yeah, you should try this. It's just. <laughs> it's one of those ones that's like really weird, and it like it, it can help you in certain funky. things. <laughs> um, yeah, like how do you throw a, a turbo putt, Carter? Um, so. For my lack of being able to describe this, this is uh, <laughs> all right. So, um, so you balance the disc on your thumb and you release using your other four fingers with a spin. So, think about it like you're holding uh, like a, a serving tray or something, yeah. except your thumb is uh, is like on the center of the disc, and your uh, four other fingers are on the outside. And what you want to do is you like push the disc forward and spin your wrist so you're generating all the spin for the disc from like uh you're generating all the spin from your wrist and like twisting the disc um and it's a very weird looking putt it is Um, it's almost more like a football throw yeah it's coming up and over your head and and yeah, just like and, and you're like twist throwing it, yeah, like a like a football. <laughs> we're sitting we're sitting here doing this, and we, we are we are. You guys can't see what we're doing in this in this studio, but <laughs> um, it's the way that I've heard people describe it when they're trying to do it well is like you have your thumb in the middle of the disc on the underside, your forefingers on the back edge of the disc, and when you're throwing it forward, you're basically just pointing your pointer finger right at 
the, the middle of the chains. And that essentially helps you aim. It helps you make sure your, your fingers curl around it. And I have known people who really love this putt. Yeah, there's some people that use it, like, efficiently, like, like inside circle two. Yeah. And out, outside of circle one. And it is... It is wild to see somebody like make a spit or a, a turbo putt like outside of like forty feet. Yeah, there's a, <laughs> there's an old veteran pro named Johnny McRae, and it's not Johnny, it's John E. McRae. <laughs> one 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 name, John E. John E. McRae, um, and he has made like hundred foot turbo putts, and it's just like I don't understand. They they make this how that's. Specifically for they turbo do, putting, and it's and, crazy. Yeah, they have like these grooves in it for your fingers. Um, well, yeah, that that one. I mean, it's it's fun to learn. It's fun to like kind of mess around with. Uh, like, yeah, you're just trying to have some fun during like putting practice. Yeah. Um, but very very Absolutely. few people actually use it. Yeah. Um, but let's talk, let's talk about like follow through with uh, with your putts. Um, like with any throw in disc golf, you're going to have a follow through, but the follow through with putting, I would say, is the most important thing um, because that's pretty much how you know where you need to aim. Um, so pretty much after you putt, uh, you want to leave your arm out straight, um, and based on where your arm is and what the disc does, you can see what you need to do to fix your putt. So say your putts are going high, well. If you focus on your follow through and you realize, wow, my my arm is finishing a lot higher than it should be. I need to be going more towards the basket, or uh, more like lower towards the basket rather than like up. Um, or if you're going too far to one side, it's like, oh, I'm like, I'm moving my arm too much left to right. Um, so those are just things to uh, look out for with like your follow through and um, yep. like like we keep saying, there are so so many videos on YouTube. Yeah. YouTube is a fantastic resource for Absolutely. like for like finding new forms, like seeing people actually um being able to do the forms flawlessly. Um yeah. or like break down other people's forms that might be working on the same stuff that you're working on. Yeah. Um so go go watch some uh some putting videos and like like figure out which putting style works best for you because like everyone, everyone's got a tip or a trick in this yeah. sport, and uh, it might work for you, it might not. But like, figure out what works for you. Figure out how you can be the most consistent. And I feel like I harp on that point a lot because yeah, consistency <laughs> is the hardest thing to master in disc golf. Yeah, it's even if you you find it at some point, you might you know stop playing for a week and completely lose it all. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so 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 difficult to remain consistent. That's what really takes you from. Um, a, a bad player to a decent player and a decent player to a good player and a good player to a pro um, is how consistent you are and yeah. how consistently you can pick the angle you want to throw on, the, the distance, exactly what you want to do. Um, a quick note just about how we're almost out of time today, but how wind affects putts is really important when you're playing in really windy situations. Um, so just a basic rules is if you're putting into a headwind where the wind is coming straight at you, if you putt with nose down, um, you are going to let your putter basically get smashed straight down into the ground. You're not going to be able to get it to glide because the wind is coming on top of your disc and throwing it down. The opposite is true. If you're com- if there's the headwind coming and you put the nose angle up a little bit, it's going to lift your disc high. So 
some people like to use that to their advantage where they put it nose down and throw it really high and it just smashes it down into the basket or they like to put it really low with the nose up and rise it into the basket or you just focus on putting your disc as flat as possible so the wind doesn't do much to it. That's pretty hard, but it definitely can work. Um, and then the opposite is true with a tailwind putt. If you put the nose down on a tailwind putt, when the wind is coming behind you, it'll rise your disc. If you put it nose up, it will push your disc down. Kind of wherever, however you um, orient the top of the disc to the wind is kind of where it's, what it's going to do. Um, so just keep that in mind if you're putting in really, really uh, windy locations. So with that, we're going to go ahead and bring it into a short Devo uh, just to end on uh, the most important note. Um, so today I want to talk a little bit about disc golf and how easy it is to get obsessed with this sport. Um, it is so easy. It is such a fun sport. It's so addicting. Um, and it's just, it's just compuls compulsatory. Com com what is that word? I don't. I don't even know. I don't know what you're trying to say. It's, it's a compulsion sometimes. Um, like, I can't tell you how many times that I have, like, felt, like, jittery because I wanted to play disc golf so bad. Like, it's it's a fever that you get, especially when you're new. But you have the even, disc golf itch. You have the itch. You have the itch, and it won't go away. Um, and you want to get out and play. You want to watch. You want to practice. And it's really easy for it to become too important. Um, I, I have definitely personally had to take breaks because it just I couldn't stop thinking about disc golf. I couldn't stop playing about di playing disc golf. Disc golf was taking priority over homework or um, my family or, or stuff like that. And I just had to stop. Um, don't, I just want to encourage you guys, don't, don't get to that point. Um, keep it where it is. Disc golf is fun and it's a hobby. Um, it can be used for wonderful purposes for, you know, health and, and fitness and community and relationships, but don't let it become something that, uh, hinders you from making sure your priorities are straight. Um, don't let it get in the way of your relationship with God, with others or with yourself. Um, I, I, yeah, definitely don't, don't do that. Um, make sure you spend time with God before you play disc golf, make sure you, <laughs> Get your, your work done um, before you play disc golf. Don't uh, cut corners so that you can go play or, or push things off um, because it's just going to come back on you. Um, so we're, we're definitely, you know, praying for, for you guys in, in that, praying for ourselves in that. Um, but avoid that if you can um, and just keep it, keep it where it needs to be. Um, encourage other people that it's not the most important thing in the world. Um, a lot of disc golfers will, will – show up to a course and be like, this is my life. This is my hobby. This is my love. I have 3000 discs in the trunk of my car, I, stuff like that. <laughs> and you know, disc golf isn't everything. So keep that in mind, pray about it. Maybe if that's where you are, take a break. Um, and, uh, focus, focus on, on yourselves and on your relationship with Christ. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. Um, we hope that this was a helpful experience for you, helpful tips for you. Um, you know, listen to it again. Like we said, go look at YouTube for all these things. It's kind of hard to visualize a lot of them. But hey, YouTube is probably the best resource, and we'll get into more of that in the next episode. Our final episode. Yeah, our final episode. So join us for that, and uh, we'll see you guys next time.